Well, hey, I'm Andy, and in this episode, we're talking about restoration. No, my guests are not Chip and Joanna Gaines. Let's get started. Well, hey, in this episode, we are continuing our discussion through the 23rd Psalm. I've really enjoyed doing this series thus far. And for those of you who don't know, maybe you're jumping in for the first time, uh, this is probably the most impactful scripture that I've ever had in my life. Not just because it's a scripture that we all know and love and value, but because of the personal impact that it's made in different seasons of my life. And I want to encourage you today, if you've never read through the 23rd Psalm or uh, you've never really heard anybody talk about it and you haven't watched the past episodes, go back over the last few episodes and just see uh, how incredible this portion of scripture is. Well, we are continuing in this scripture and we're going to be talking about the next portion, which is the statement, he restores my soul. He restores my soul and also he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So let's read the entirety of the 23rd Psalm and then we'll jump in today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures, you lead me beside still waters, and you restore my soul. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Man, every time I read that passage, it means so much to me. It just, it does something in my soul. I don't know if you've got a portion of scripture that's like that for you or not, but that's what the 23rd Psalm is for me. Every time I say it, every time I recite it, every time I pray it with my kids, it just does something to me. And there's something about the portion of scripture that we're going to look at today that really changes everything. When you read this scripture, everything before it and everything after it are really hanging on this statement. He restores my soul. I love that that terminology and that verbiage because there's so much to unpack there. If you haven't watched the first episode, uh, we said in the very first one that this scripture could be broken up into three different sections, that he leads me to restoration, that he restores my soul, and because he restores my soul is the third section, that because he restores my soul, all of these things take place. And so today we're going to talk about the work of Jesus in our life to restore our soul. Now, what do you think of when you think of the word restore or restoration? We live in a society that loves to restore things. There's a multi-million dollar industry right now to simply restore 1930s, 40s, and 50s Coke machines, that, which is crazy to me. Coke, Pepsi, any of those companies that are still around but were around back then, there is a huge market if you can find a giant old rust bucket that used to provide Coca-Cola bottles and take the time to restore it, you can sell it for thousands upon thousands of dollars. If you don't believe me, just watch a few episode of, episodes of Pawn Stars 
Uh, and you'll find out. We love pawn stars in our house because uh, they they bring in things that you you don't know if they have value or not because they're old. And the people at the pawn shop will tell you this is valuable or this isn't. But one of the things that is super interesting to watch on the show is when they buy something that looks absolutely terrible, and then they bring in this guy that's a regular on the show who's a restorer, and his whole job is to take things that used to be valuable, that used to be nice, and return them to their original glory. That's what we see on the show um, Fixer Upper. Just like they restore things on Pawn Stars, on Fixer Upper, they take homes that have been mistreated or homes that have just aged poorly, and they fix them. They make them uh, restored. They make them nicer. They make them more modern, or they return them to their original design because now the design from that house 100 years ago is back in style. This is a constant idea and something that we are obsessed with, that taking something and returning it to its former glory and reminding us of Americana from the early 1900s. We, we know this to be true. And whether you are my age or you're older, there's just something cool about seeing something that's super old looking brand new. But when we see this word restore in scripture, they're not talking about taking you and returning you to a glory that you once had or returning you to a place in your life where you once were. We're actually talking about restoring you to something that you never were. See, when, when God says that he restores my soul, it's, it's indicative of this idea that he is really helping create you into the person he desired you to be, the person that he created you from originality to be. And that person has not existed yet. That person has not existed in this lifetime yet. Why? Because we were born into a world of sin. We were born into a world of brokenness. And I've not ever been the exact design that God created me to be before I let him restore my soul. I was never that person. So when it says he restores my soul, he's not talking about this idea of bringing you back to who you were 10 years ago. It's not like it's a, a weight loss thing, like you're restoring yourself to the former weight you used to be. It's not like God is taking you on a spiritual diet to restore you to what you were to a more fit version. That's not it at all. He's restoring you to something that you never actually were. He's restoring me to something that I never actually was. So when we talk about restoration, I want to give you a definition. Let's look at it together. Restoration is the reshaping of our soul to be more like Christ and to be more like the person we were originally created to be. I've never had the luxury or the, the honor of being exactly the person that God created me to be. Because of my sinfulness, because of my brokenness, I am not that person naturally. But as he restores me, as he works in my life, as he leads me to a place of restoration, I become more and more like the person that he originally designed me to be. And that is the exact thing that he desires to do in you. He desires to restore you. Restore you not to your former self, but restore Restore you to a new self. It's not unlike what it says in Scripture in the New Testament. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. It is a new creation that God desires to restore us to. Not our former glory, not to the, the years that we remember the best, but to a person that he designed us to be. 
The second thing that we need to know about God's restoration is that it's not linear, it's cyclical. Now, what does that mean? It means this, that you don't just begin to follow God as a shepherd and then become restored and then forever your life is just perfect because you're restored now. No, 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 no. It's not that he restores you and it's over. It's that there's a cycle of restoration that God deeply desires for us to consistently be in. That his restoration is constant. It's not a one-time event. And if we are being led by the shepherd, which we talked about in the very, uh, well, the second episode of this podcast, that he leads us as a shepherd, if we allow him to lead us to restoration, that God simultaneously throughout our life is always leading us to a place of restoration and restoring us in an area of our life all at the same time. It's not just that he restores us in a moment. It's that he consistently is reshaping us and remolding us into the person that God desires for us to be. And this isn't a one-time event. It's not even two or three times. It's a consistent movement of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's the consistent listening to the guidance of the good shepherd and allowing him to lead us to a place of restoration. So there are areas in my life that God is developing me in right now. There are things that he's reshaping the way that I think, reshaping my values, reshaping my ethics, reshaping the way that I view him. But not only that, God is also preparing me for the next season of restoration he desires me in. And and what's beautiful about this is not only is he always preparing me and not only is he always restoring me, but as I go through that process, I'm also always receiving new benefits, new fruit from my relationship with him because of the restorative work that he's doing in my life. It is a constant work to receive the restoration that God desires in your life. And so it's it's cyclical, it's constant, it's always happening. It's always taking work in your life to restore you. God's always desiring to do that work in you. When I think about the statement, he restores my soul, I think about this idea of what it means to be a mentor or someone discipling another person or even a counselor or a spiritual director. That if you're good at those things, if you're good at shaping someone in one of those areas, that you're not only looking at the issues you're dealing with right now, you're looking at the issues that you know you're going to need to deal with eventually. So you're dealing with the problem now, but as you deal with this problem, you're also sowing seed to this area that's going to come up next so that you are helping restore that issue in their life, but then you're preparing them to deal with the next area that they need restoration. And then as you do that, the longer you work with somebody, you'll also see this third section where you see them have fruit and success and greater peace in their life because they've experienced that restoration. And I know that that is what God desires to do in all of us, that we don't just hit a spot of restoration and then we stop. God desires for us to continually engage with him as the leader, as the good shepherd, to let him do that work in and through us. I think about it like this. I heard a mentor say this one time that he said, you know, you can do something for 20 years and not have 20 years of experience. You can do something for 20 years. People will talk about how long they've done a job, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. 20 years of experience is different than 20 years of doing a job. And I can be 20 years of a Christian 
And I can still be at the same place in my spiritual journey as I was in year one or two. And while I've followed Jesus for 20 years, I've not grown past year one or two. The opposite is true too, though, that I can follow Jesus for 20 years or I can do something for 20 years and every single year have greater development. And that's what God desires for you, that as you follow him, there's a consistent restorative nature in your life. So the question is, how do we receive God's restoration in our life? How do we go on this restorative journey in our life? I want to give you a couple of thoughts real quick. Let's look at the first one. If I want restoration in my life, I need to be open to change. I need to be open to change. Now, this kind of seems obvious, but it's also the most underestimated uh, emotional shock to this process. I was listening to the Dave Ramsey show the other day, and whether you like Dave Ramsey or not is not the point. If you don't like his stuff, that's fine. If you love his stuff, awesome. But one of the things that I heard him say was that oftentimes when we want to change, our mind goes way faster than our emotions. And we get really excited, but then we have a moment where our emotions kind of begin to catch up and it's very, very painful. And we struggle with those decisions. And it's it's the same way with a restorative process. Just like Dave Ramsey is helping people think differently about money, uh, when we receive restoration from God, it's going to help us think differently about our life entirely. And we have to be open to that change. Restoration comes at a cost. It comes at the cost of choosing to be more like Jesus and allowing Jesus to do the work on our soul that he desires to do. It means that you're going to be different. You will not be the same. And that's a good thing, that the more that he changes me, the more that he works in me, I will be a different person. I'll be a better person. I'll be a healthier person. I'll be a stronger person. I'll be a a person that lives more like Jesus on accident than I ever tried to live on purpose. And there's something deep about that. There's something special about that. But I have to be willing to walk that change out. The second thing that I have to choose to receive God's restoration is to be present. Not only do I have to be open to God changing my life and doing a work in my life, I also have to choose to be present in the process. Listen, one mistake that we often make is we think that we're not good enough to go on that journey with God, or maybe we've gone too far, or maybe we're just ashamed of the things that we've done and we don't even want to admit the brokenness that's in us. And I want to tell you something. God's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for present people. He's looking for people to be present in the process. And when we choose to be present and really uh, take the time to spend time with God as he's doing that work in us, more change will come as we choose to be more present. The more I choose to be present, the more the change and the restoration will happen in my life. God's not looking for me to be perfect. He's just looking for me to be attentive to what he's trying to do in my life. And as I spend time in prayer, and as I spend time reading the scripture, and as I spend time growing in my own understanding of who God is and who he's created me to be, I'll receive restorative gifts throughout that. He'll be leading me to restoration and he'll be doing the work of restoration in my life. Hey, I hope that you're enjoying this episode talking about the restorative process that God desires to take you on. I hope it's challenging you, encouraging you, and helping you grow a little bit in your faith. Before we continue, I want you to do two things for me. Whether you're watching or listening, you can do these two things. Subscribe, number one. When you subscribe to my podcast, 
or you subscribe to the video podcast on YouTube. It helps the algorithm know that you're paying attention and it'll actually put it in front of more people. The second thing you can do is share it. Whether you're on Spotify or you're on Apple Podcasts or YouTube, you can click a little share button and it'll give you a link to send it to somebody. Send it to someone you know needs the restorative work of God in their life. Send it to someone you know that this will encourage and equip. Help get this out and you'll actually be partnering when you do that with this ministry to make a difference in their life. Let's jump back into content today. So I need to be open to change. I need to choose to be present in the process. And then the third thing is that I need to choose to make time for restoration. Restoration doesn't happen on accident. And, and there is a difference between being present and trying to be open to what God is doing and, and being intentional about time. I can choose to be open and try to hear God's voice throughout my day. But when I choose to set time to develop my relationship with God and say, God, I want you to do a work in my life. I want you to do the restorative work in my soul to make me more like you. When I choose to do that and I choose to carve out 30 minutes or an hour maybe it's three days a week uh, that I just spend time seeking God and, and allowing the word of God to be implanted in my life, that that's when that work begins. I heard a pastor say one time, he said, you don't have to read the Bible all day. You just have to read it every day. And the, the assumption was that if you were going to be a good Christ follower, that meant that you needed to read the Bible every day. And while I'm a person who reads scripture daily, most of the time, uh, there are days where I don't, like if I'm being real, if I'm being honest, being real honest, because I'm being real and be, I thought it was funny. Anyway, for me, there, there are most of the time I read scripture daily, but there are seasons where I choose not to read it daily, but I choose to read longer portions of scripture in, in different days of the week. So maybe I, instead of reading seven days a week, I read Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Here's the thing. I say this to, to say this. I said that to say this, that you don't have to be constrained to a certain way of, of carving out time with God. Everybody's schedules are different. Everybody's life looks different. What I would encourage you to do is be intentional about your time with God. Look at a weekly schedule. How many days a week can you meet with God? For how long? If you can do fewer days, make that time a little bit longer. And then the other thing that I would say is this, that give God the best part of your day. For some of you, it's waking up early in the morning. I'm wired that way. I want to wake up early in the morning and spend time with God, read scripture before I leave my house to go to work. But you may not be that way. You may say, I am the grumpiest in the morning. I tell my wife all the time that there are two different versions of her, the version of her before coffee and the version of her after coffee. And if that is you and you're not necessarily a morning person, that's okay. Maybe your best time for God is at night. That's completely fine. Choose to engage God in that period that's best for you. Don't just choose to engage God um, at a time because you were told that that was the right time to do it. Do what's best for you. And what I know about God is this, that if I'm open to change and I'm choosing to be present in the process and I'm choosing to be intentional with time with him, then he's gonna meet me and begin that restorative process. I'm gonna let him lead me to a place of restoration and I'm gonna let him begin that continual work that I will go through until I reach eternity that restorative work. So if you are open to God's voice and you are present in the process and you carve out intentional time to be with him,
You're gonna see that work happen in your life. You're allowing God to lead you to a place of restoration so that you can begin the constant process, the cyclical process of restoration God desires for you to be in. And maybe you're asking the question, well, what is God restoring me to? Where is he taking me? That next part of the scripture tells us. It says that he restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There's that plurality again, that he says he leads me in paths of righteousness, that there are journeys that God desires to take with you, restorative journeys to lead you to a place of righteousness, to a place where you receive more clearly and and more um, obviously the grace and the mercy that Jesus has afforded you. Look, we are all the righteousness of Christ because of the finished work he did on the cross. But as I allow God to restore me, as I allow God to do work in me, it helps me more deeply understand the grace and the mercy and the gift of salvation afforded to me because of Jesus' work. And when he restores my soul, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that this is encouraging to you. I hope that it's challenging you. And I hope that you, if you have not begun that journey to really begin uh, to let him restore you, I hope that you'll start today. I hope that you'll choose to be okay with change, that you'll choose to be present, and that you'll choose to be intentional with time to meet with God. Well, until the next episode, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for watching my podcast.